What is Bitcoin? And what is the recent buzz around Dogecoin and Elon Musk? Are you also still trying to figure out cryptocurrency? In this Bernie Chats with Kevin Carthy, cryptocurrency expert, we'll delve into and try to demystify the often puzzling world of cryptocurrency. We'll also learn about CryptoNuts, the nonprofit educational meetup group Kevin founded. There's a lot here for beginners and experienced cryptocurrency traders. I hope you enjoyed the episode and find it informational. Please feel free to subscribe, like, share, and even comment. Let's get into it. Welcome, everybody. Thanks for joining us on Bernie Chats. I have Kevin Carthy here with me today. Kevin's actually a longtime friend, and he's a cryptocurrency expert. He's been in the cryptocurrency world since 2013. So we're going to ask him about his story, get some insights into cryptocurrency, maybe have some tips for you, maybe some investment strategies, who knows. But let's take it from there. Kevin, how are you today? I'm great. How about yourself, Bernie? It's been a long time. Uh, it's been a little while. Yeah, I think we saw each other last <laughs> about uh, four years ago in the yeah, whole different yeah, world, that. pre-pandemic. Nope. I know. My God, what a change we've gone through in we such have. a short time. Yeah, it's uh, mind-boggling. It's also made crypto pump like crazy too. And uh, I don't know, I guess you don't really know my involvement in crypto and how I got into this whole thing. I kind of thought we'd we'd make it sort of a, a you know about your story and also cryptocurrency 101. We do that through the CryptoNuts group. Uh, CryptoNuts is just a not-for-profit group to teach people about cryptocurrency. And uh, we fund that through our business. Um, but that's always been about teaching people about cryptocurrency and getting people ready for what's coming in the future. Because, you know, a lot of people don't know um, how hard this is going to hit. And actually, I should say how hard it is hitting now, not going to hit. It is, it's hitting hard now. You know, it's showing that uh, our traditional fiat currency is not as valuable as we thought it was. And, uh, people that are getting caught not having any cryptocurrency in the very near future are going to probably be in a lot of trouble. Yeah, I'm starting to sense that. I'm starting to sense that there's almost like a divide happening where, yeah. where because I'm seeing how people are spending money and I'm thinking to myself, are they in Bitcoin? Are they in cryptocurrency? You know? Yeah. It, it, like we just had a, a house this morning. They announced that there was a house for sale in British Columbia here that um, that sold for a million dollars above asking. And it was only a $1.4 million house to start with. Wow. So you got to wonder, where is that money coming from, right? Like whether it's yeah. cryptocurrency or not, I have no idea. Could be a stock yeah, market. Uh, oh, where you are, I would say there's a very good chance it's cryptocurrency, or at the very least, it's been moved in through cryptocurrency. Um, right. You know, and uh, right. you know, when I first got involved with this, to talk about having a uh, cryptocurrency transaction for real estate was like as far fetched as we could imagine. But now it's pretty commonplace now. Deposits are happening, and out note purchases of property are happening now as well. Wow. Before we get into that, can you can you explain a couple of things just as a baseline? Number one, you mentioned fiat currency, and a lot of people might not be familiar with that term. So okay, can you explain sure. that? And then also give us a quick synopsis of what is cri- cryptocurrency? Okay, well, that's a loaded question, but yeah, let's sure just deal with, uh, with fiat first. Because fiat sure. currencies are traditional government currency, which is backed by governments. It does, it's not backed by anything. A lot of people still believe that fiat currency or government issued currency is backed by uh, gold or by some sort of a standard. But that, I think there was some time around the 70s where that went away. And for a while there, you weren't even allowed to own gold in the United States. That's changed now, of course. But Hmm. um, so what ended up happening is that they basically base it on the what they think your country currency is worth. 
So you get into problems where countries that may think their currency is worth a certain amount and the world thinks it's a different value and problems like uh, Venezuela and others uh, start uh, happening where the currency becomes so worthless that you've got to use wheelbarrows full of currency to buy common things. Uh, and that's why countries such as Venezuela and many others I think you're going to see in the future are going to something that's outside of the government, outside of banks, which cryptocurrency is. And uh, the way I, the simplest way that I put cryptocurrency to people when I'm first telling them about it is you have a choice. You can trust your government, you can trust the banks, or you can trust mathematics. And to me, that's a pretty simple, simple question and a simple answer. Um, I would always trust mathematics over the other two every single time. What is the mathematical equation? Cryptocurrency, and we'll deal primarily with Bitcoin because it gets very large and very parallel very quickly here. But, you know, if we'll just stick with Bitcoin for now and later on, if you want to know more about some of the others and some of the things we're sure. doing with, with our token and stuff like that, I can talk to you about that. But with Bitcoin, let's just think about that for a minute. So you've got a ledger. It's a digital ledger. It's similar to, you know, if you go online, look at your bank account, you see a ledger there for what you have, what you sold, you know, what you got paid. And it's just a digital ledger. Uh, so Bitcoin does the same thing, but it does it on a worldwide scale. So it creates something called the blockchain. And the blockchain is just a digital ledger that has nodes all over the world, literally millions of nodes all over the world. And even in space, there's several installations in space now as well. Right? Wow. So even if it was to go down, even if the internet was to go down, you could still do transactions uh, to the blockchain and not just the Bitcoin blockchain, several other blockchains out there are in space as well. But uh, Bitcoin, I think has at least three or maybe four now, I'm not, I can't remember offhand, but uh, anyway, so you've got this digital ledger so, so before, that everybody before you go shares. On there, I'd, I'd, like to, I'd like to just unpack that sure. a little bit. Okay. Absolutely. So there's a number of types of cryptocurrency and yes. Bitcoin is one of those. Well, Bitcoin was the first cryptocurrency okay. and uh, uh, Bitcoin, I mean, there was some before that, but it's not really worth talking about those ones. Bitcoin is the first successful Bitcoin. Bitcoin it's, the, it's, the most uh, known, it's the most known and the one we're going to discuss as, as yes. an example. As the um, primary And then example, blockchain yes. is the technology that it uses, right? Yes. It's like a digital ledger. It's just a ledger that is all over the world that yeah. keeps track of, like, if I send you Bitcoin, it right. takes it out of my wallet, it credits it to your wallet, and it makes sure that the ledger is always accurate. And it's okay. done anonymous, pseudo-anonymously, and it's done uh, without anybody having to do anything and there is a reward system in place for people that uh, keep care of that uh, okay cool so we were in space let's go from there <laughs> okay well space yeah so the blockchain is in space and so that's uh, another uh, level of redundancy that very few things have i mean we've all had issues with the bank where you know the banks are constantly charging you these fees and there's a similar kind of thing with blockchain technology when i go to send you that bitcoin you're going to have to or the person sending will have to pay a fee on the bitcoin network and that goes to the miners that are putting together these blocks i'm trying to keep it simple for you so we can kind of unpack that there's currency called bitcoin and the technology underlying it is blockchain and yep. it's managed on a network that keeps track of every transaction Yes, the right. blockchain is the network and it's created through nodes all over the world. And some are handled by just hobbyists and people that want to participate in the network and help out. It's not a, right. a money-making thing. The nodes are not a money-making thing. And but then, when we do a transaction, it's bundled together into a block. And that block is then laid one block on top of the other. 
Okay. And uh, that's blockchain technology. So you may have many, many transactions that are put into one block. And okay. for putting those blocks together, the miners get paid a fee for doing that. The nodes are just an independent thing that happened just to keep track of the blockchain for everybody to make sure that we can all do safe, fast transactions on the network. The blockchain is the underlying technology that keeps care of the ledger that knows that you have X amount of Bitcoin and I have X amount of Bitcoin and you know it keeps track of everything in a, in a safe, immutable way. So in other words, um, it, it can't be hacked. Like I know a lot of people say things can't be hacked, but it really literally cannot be hacked because every single transaction is encrypted and every single transaction is laid one on top of the other in blocks. And so by doing that, if you wanted to hack, say for instance, we did a transaction going back from 2010. If you wanted to hack those transactions, you would have to hack all the transactions before that and it's literally impossible. It uses SHA-256 encryption technology, which by today's standards is impossible to crack. And 20 years on a supercomputer doesn't even, uh, doesn't even affect it at all. Wow, that's amazing. Say yeah. you had a really busy coffee shop and you want to make sure that you could get transactions happening really fast. You could run your own little node on a Raspberry Pi. It's not expensive. Uh, it does use a fair amount of data monthly, but once it's all caught up, it's just keeping up with the blockchain. And that way your transactions could go through your own node. So it's a voluntary thing. It's not something where you make money with nodes. It's just a voluntary thing that people do to help the network. Mm -hmm. uh, mining, uh, because Bitcoin is a proof of work technology. In other words, there's machines that have to work to make this happen. There's other types of technologies we can talk about later, but this is a, a proof of work technology. So machines are working out there, putting these blocks together in the blockchain. And for doing that, they get a reward. And that's how the miners, um, that's how the miners get paid. Okay. which I've been doing for a long time, by the way, since and about so, 2014, I've been mining and heating our commercial building here in Winnipeg with uh, Bitcoin miners. Yeah, maybe you can unpack that. It's pretty fascinating, actually. I, I had the pleasure of visiting your facility and I was amazed at the technology you have there and, and um, the fact that you're heating your building from the heat that's generated from the computers. Oh, that's are, fantastic. Yeah, yeah and, and Winnipeg is a, an expensive place to heat buildings in. It is. It really <laughs> is, yeah. For six or eight months of the year, anyway. And the concept of being able to actually make money for heating in Winnipeg, I don't know why everybody's not doing this. I, it's right. beyond me. I was interviewed by CTV TV too. And, uh, you know, they were talking about it and saying, hey, like we get a lot of cold here. You know, so if you get mm -hmm. a lot of cold and you get free heat, plus you make a little bit of profit on top of that, that's mm -hmm. kind of a no brainer. You know, I've often wondered why more data centers and more server hubs are not based in northern canada or in canada for mm -hmm. that matter places that are colder meanwhile we have a you know major hub in miami i believe and i think there's one in los yeah. angeles it makes sense it to costs me. a fortune to cool yeah. them it does yeah and you know here we have to pay a fortune to heat like if you've got a fair size building uh, even your home like we we built a, a double car garage because we got a little electric car and i had to heat it because it gets very inefficient in the winter right. so i put litecoin miners in our garage to heat it and, uh, you know, I earned about 20 Litecoins, which are worth, ah, they're worth roughly about 420 bucks a piece right now. So that's about eight or $9,000 that I earned for heating my garage. And I think the total amount of hydro I've paid is maybe a thousand or 2000 bucks. So, wow. you know, profit of six to $8,000 for heating my garage. I mean, how do you, how do you beat that? Yeah, that's awesome. Great. Yeah. And so, yeah. so ex maybe explain to me what, how you got into crypto mining and a little bit more about how that process works. What kind of what sure. kind of technical background or understanding of computers do you need to do that? And then where you're at with that now? 
Okay. Well, the way I got into it is um, I I looked at Bitcoin right back when it started in 2010. I've been in the IT business all my life, so I had a fancy laptop at the time, and I with a gaming card on it. And so I, you know, a buddy of mine told me about that. Wayne, you know, Wayne, he told me about right. Bitcoin, and I said, well, I'm gonna check that thing out. So I loaded it onto my laptop, and I started this mining thing going on and it started getting these bitcoins and I'm thinking, wow, this is fantastic, man. I'm, I'm earning bitcoins. I'm earning something with my laptop. So fantastic. So I set it up overnight to get going. And the next day I look at it and underneath the laptop is all completely warped and melting because, you know, it takes a lot of processing power to do this. Right. And so I'd earned some Bitcoin and all that, but I thought, oh, this is this stuff is worthless. Like it's only worth like at the time, I think it was, I don't know, 20 bucks or something at Bitcoin. And and I thought, this is this is crazy. I'm gonna kill my fancy laptop and like I'm just not gonna do it. So I said, Wayne, ah, that stuff's crap. I'm getting rid of it. And un- undid it, deleted it off my laptop, didn't even give it any more thought until about 2013. Wayne comes and says to me, So you still got your Bitcoin? And I say, no, that stuff's ridiculous. Like it, you know, cooked my laptop. I don't want it anymore. He says, "Well, I think you better look again." And I looked, and it was worth three hundred bucks. And, and so, to me, all. I I deleted it. I didn't even oh, okay. sell it. I right. deleted it because it was kind of a joke thing for me. You know, mm-hmm. being in IT, you look at all kinds of things all the time, and I just thought it was like that's a, a stupid thing. It's going to cook my laptop. But anyways, <laughs> after 2013, when I saw that, I kind of I, I kind of was at the point where I was kind of semi-retiring at that point and so I figured well I'm going to get into this just for something fun to do so I went and bought all these miners and I popped them into our building here we have a commercial building in Winnipeg it's about 1800 square feet and I popped them into here and I started running these things and I started earning bitcoin man, and I was excited now but the only problem was it was minus 36 celsius in Winnipeg and at the time and I had these miners running this is older technology now and it was plus 37 in the building so minus 36 outside plus 37 in the building there's no snow around the building anywhere like you know it was keeping everything nice and warm but i was popping breakers and doing all this stuff but you know what and my wife stacy comes up to me and she says uh kevin we got to talk and i said what do you mean she says well did you see the hydro bill and i said no hydro bill can't be that bad and she says well we've been on budget forever for 300 bucks a month for hydro and gas and we mm-hmm. just got a hydro bill for $1,400. Wow. And I was like, oh my God. But I said, anyways, have faith. It's going to be okay. And needless to say, in a very, very short time, it was double that and then double that. And, you know, of course, now it's over $70,000 Canadian. So it was a pretty good move overall from 300 bucks to 70,000, right? Per coin. Uh, the meteoric rise of, of Bitcoin is really, you, you, were, you were in at $20. Then three hundred, you bought in again, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then, and then, last time I talked to you, or last time I visited you in Winnipeg, I believe it was when I said 14- buy Bitcoin, Bernie. <laughs> yes, and it was about fourteen hundred dollars then. Yep. And now it's what? What did you say? Fifty-seven. Well, let me check. It's uh, well, actually it's... I've got it open on my screen here too. It's, yeah. Uh, got it on uh, my watch. Bitcoin, seventy thousand eight ninety-six Canadian. That's it's fifty. It, it's seventy thousand eight ninety-six Canadian. Oh, okay. I always go uh, by Canadian dollars because we're Canadians, you know. Right, right. <laughs> crazy, crazy. Yeah, it's it's been a crazy ride, and there's so much going on now in the, in the sector in general, and it's gone parallel now, and uh, it's uh, yeah, it's it's exploding. Like I've I've been doing this every day pretty much since 2013, and you know we bought into the BTM network uh, around 2014, and then we started doing the meetups uh, around 2014 as well, and we were running three meetups a month 
since then like uh, and right. we were running right up until covid hit of course and we even in between when they released the the restrictions a little bit we started running some meetups again but now right. we're back down to lockdown here so what are we going to do and the meetup is crypto nuts yeah crypto nuts i love the name yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, well, that's it came about because, you know, we were getting together and talking about crypto because after a while, your family just didn't want to hear about it, especially in those days. You know, it wasn't mm -hmm. worth this kind of money and everybody was just yeah, quit talking about that crap. I'm, here, I'm tired of hearing about it. And, you know, so right. we created a little group so we could all talk about it and not drive our families crazy. That was the, the bottom well, line. And, and that. that's great. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we've yeah. got 700 plus members in the Crypto Nuts in Winnipeg here now. And then I also took over one, another one called the Bitheads. And also blockchain Winnipeg. So we've got a few things on the go now. And I'm really concerned about the young IT people now coming from that sector and uh, knowing what's coming here and the, the young people are not getting involved in, especially the programmers, developers are not getting involved in it quickly enough, I don't think, because this technology is rampant and, you know, people can change their lives in a matter of months. Uh, I see I see it every every month. So right. Yeah, uh, I've talked incredible. to um, I talked to some of your or one of your clients at one point. Um, I believe he was a uh, ophthalmologist or something. Mm -hmm. And, and, uh, and he said, Oh yeah, Kevin changed my life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so many people, I mean, you know, I had one, uh, one couple that, um, started at the group when we first started out in 2014 and, uh, they came to me and they said, Hey, I want to cash out my RRSPs here. And, you know, I don't give any kind of financial advice. And by the way, for the record, I do not give any financial advice at all. I don't, I have no credentials in that. I'm a crypto technology guy and I've done okay on this. So that's about it. But anyways, they came to me and they said, Hey, you know, we want to cash in our RSP and we want to, we want to buy some crypto. And I said, well, you know, it's not necessarily the best idea. And this was when it was very inexpensive. I said, but if you're determined to do it, go ahead, buy Bitcoin. Cause I always recommend 80, 90% of your portfolio stay in Bitcoin and then play around and lose 10 to 20% of it in the other coins because they're like racehorses. But anyways, they said, okay, well, we're going to do it. So I helped them out and they managed to facilitate a Bitcoin purchase. And at the time they were living in the worst part of town. They were driving a car that was breaking down every single week. And within a couple of years, um, that RSP investment, which worked out to be about $4,200 at the time, uh, transferred into 4.6 Bitcoin. And they cashed out a few years later, just a small amount, bought themselves a brand new car, moved to a really nice part of town close to the store here so they could keep coming to meetups and uh, basically changed their life. Like, wow. you know, and now they've got a, an awesome little nest egg. They're both young people. So as long as they just keep hanging on, they're pretty much set for life. Uh, keep working, hang on to this and life can be a little less stressful. Awesome. Yeah. Money helps. Oh yeah. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> when you said 80% of your portfolio, you're referring to your crypto portfolio. Crypto portfolio. Yes. Yeah. Not your traditional. Uh, not, not, no, not, always... your, not your wider portfolio of everything you're invested in. Just your Oh crypto, God, no, no. 80% Just... of your crypto. Exactly. Just as a blanket statement about crypto. And I'm always talking about crypto. So that's an easy one to to figure out with me. <laughs> Sounds like you're you're be you're hedging your bets that, that nothing's going to come back to you. Um, well, it depends how much Bitcoin you have. <laughs> yeah, it can be very aggressive, right? Right, <laughs> ten to twenty percent. It could, it could drop know. a lot too, but it's the most secure. I would I would think at this point, right? Absolutely. I mean, there's such a large, large, wide market adoption, including through uh, uh, traditional investing now through uh, ETFs, even Canadian, Canadian. There's a couple of really good ETFs in Canada that you can traditionally invest through, through your normal RSPs. I mean, I've got my, uh, you know, tax free savings account point to crypto investment funds and things like that. So there's a lot of traditional ways you can get into it as well.
great. So I think a lot of people feel like it might be too late. What do you say to that? Ah, that's a good one. Because and it's you gone up a lot, right? When it I will got go in, higher, you know, is the key thing. I've got a great answer for you. Because when I got in at 300 bucks, a whole bunch of people wanted to get in. And, uh, you know, it hit 600 bucks. And what do you think everybody said? Ah, it's too late. Mm -hmm. yeah, I've missed it. And then it hit 3,000 bucks. Hit 6,000 bucks. People were saying, oh, it's too late. Oh, I should have got yeah. it. Hit. 10,000, 12,000 hit when I started telling you guys buy, like just buy some, get some. Uh, oh, it's too late. It's too late. It's like 20, $30,000 now. It's crazy. I could never own a whole Bitcoin. Well, Bitcoins actually get broken down into 100 million increments. So you could literally own $5 worth of Bitcoin. So that's not really, you know, you don't have right. to buy a whole bar of gold. You can buy little tiny increments of gold. And it's the same thing with Bitcoin, right? right? So yes, it's a lot more money. But is it done yet? No, it'll probably be double the value that it is within three to five years. I mean, you know, will it go 10 times its value? I don't know. I mean, there's things that are happening now that nobody knows. And I got to tell you, I do this every single day. And anybody who tells you that they know what's going on, that's when your spidey sense just should start tingling for because sure, sure. nobody knows. This has never happened in human history before. So, yeah. you know, this much wealth being created instantaneously has never happened in human history. So nobody really knows what's going to happen. Interesting. So then each Bitcoin can be broken down or fractured down into one one hundred millionth of a Bitcoin. Yes. And and is there potential that it could called a Satoshi? Satoshi. After the after the fellow they say created it, right? Yeah. Well, it's also generally considered to be the smallest increment of a Bitcoin. It's a Satoshi. Some people call it a bit, but traditionally it's been called a Satoshi. And actually that's my license plate here in Winnipeg is uh, my little electric car is a, is a Satoshi. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sounds good. So then Kevin, uh, Bitcoin can be broken down into one one hundredth million of a Bitcoin. Is there potential for it as the value increases to be broken down even further? No, no, that's the protocol. That's how the protocol is designed. And okay. also, too, people always say, well, what about when uh, Bitcoin is finished mining? Well, Bitcoin won't be finished mining until the year 2140. So we're all going to be dust by the time Bitcoin finishes mining. Okay. And um, it's just set up uh, mathematically to get more difficult over time so that it won't mm -hmm. end until, until that date. So uh, there's and, you know, the funny thing about Bitcoin is there's only 21 million of them. That'll ever be made. That's what I was going to ask. Rough, There's 21 million. Okay. Yep. 21 million that'll ever be made. There's roughly about 18.7 million that have been created already now in the mid 18 million range. Of those, roughly 4 million are lost and gone forever because, uh, you know, you've probably heard the terminology be your own bank. Well, some of the problems with being your own bank is that you're also responsible for it and you can lose it. And people lose right. a lot of Bitcoin. And now when you say lose it, you mean like lose access to it? Yes, they will. Once you lose access. I've heard to about you, this. I've heard, you, about you lose people, it. I've heard about people that have forgot their access codes. Exactly. Yeah. Is that what you're referring to? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And it's happened to a lot. I have people I know. One, one client of mine uh, had a whole whack of uh, crypto on his phone, went to Vegas, left it in a cab and didn't have it backed up. $80,000, $90,000 gone instantly on wow. a phone. It can happen that fast and that easy. So being your own bank is awesome, but it's also the responsibility. Like you can go to a bank and say, I lost my bank card, this and that. They can, you can prove who you are and get your funds back. But with Bitcoin and most cryptocurrencies, you're the one responsible for that. So it right. is very important to do it properly. Make sure you back up your word seed for your wallets and make sure you get them somewhere safe, like a safety deposit box or 
you know, uh, safe or something like that. So, so you've answered uh, the the question I was going to ask is what tips do you have for securing your your investment or your banking in Bitcoin mm-hmm. or other cryptocurrencies? And and you're saying back up your apps, make sure you have them in a secure place. No, your um, most wallets when you create a wallet, crypto wallet in general, not just Bitcoin, Which it is will generate a phone, right? It can be that way. It can also be a hardware wallet, which is a, a separate device, like a separate USB-based okay. device. But the one on your phone, it will generate a random set of, say, 12 words, which you can then write down. And they tell you to write that, them down in the correct order. You take those words, you put them into a safety deposit box, a bank, somewhere where you know, you know where they are. And um, if something happens to your phone, you lose it, you get a new phone, you put the same wallet back on, you reload it, and you're good. So you don't lose anything if you keep track of the words. Now, if you don't, like this client of mine, I was seeing him once in a while, like once every two weeks or so. I kept saying, hey, have you backed up that word seed yet? And he'd say, no, no, I'm going to do that next week. And hey, have you backed up that words on and on and on, right? So finally, I say, hey, did you back up that word seed? And I got the story about Vegas, right? It's, oh, wow. You know, that's how easy it can happen. I mean, people can lose their funds very, very easy. I see it on a weekly basis. So, so would a strategy be then to have more than one wallet so you diversify the possibility of losing all of it at once? Uh, no, the best way to do it really is to have a hardware wallet. And uh, a hardware wallet is uh, a separate device that is air-gapped from the internet. So there's no way that you could lose it through traditional kind of hacking means and things like that. They're not expensive. They're only a couple hundred bucks at the most. And uh, it protects your coins in the best way possible. So that's the best way. Because one of the things that everybody in crypto that's been into it for any length of time will tell you is if it's not your keys, it's not your crypto. So when you go on to an exchange, Things like happened with Quadriga CX here in Canada, where 250 million US got gone and nobody knows what happened to it. Well, that's because people that put crypto on exchanges or have crypto sitting on exchanges don't own that. They own a promise for that. Whereas if you own your private keys, and those that word seed is your private keys, by the way, then you actually own it. So it's very important. Not your keys, not your crypto. So it's uh, one thing that you'll see me harp on time and time again. Mm-hmm. Great. If you're just getting into this, how do you how do you get started it, to to buy Bitcoin? Because it seems a little bit abs- abstract to people. I think, you know, what I put money somewhere and somehow I get a ledger. <laughs> yeah, it it seems abstract, but if you if you if you compare it to traditional parallels that we have now, it's the best way to look at it. Like most of us have an app on our phone with our bank account, right? right? And we do transfers, we do bill payments, we do everything we need to do with our phone through a bank. Well, it's a similar kind of thing, except for you set up a wallet, preferably, uh, and I have no association with any wallets or anything. So if I do mention a name or something, I don't get anything out of it. It's just ones that I know that work and that are safe to use. Like there's one, the two that we recommend primarily for a phone wallet is called Jax Liberty, J-A-X-X Liberty. And that's by a Canadian developer, uh, one of the original founders of uh, Ethereum. And the other one uh, that we recommend is called Trust Wallet, which is uh, involved with a uh, large exchange. So um, they're both really good wallets. You write down your word seed, put it somewhere safe. You've got a good storage place for your tokens. Now, at that point, it's very similar in a lot of ways to your traditional kind of app on your phone for banking. And you can save coins there. You can transfer them out of there. Uh, it gets a little more complicated when the time comes and you want to sell them. Um, you have to set up some way to be able to exchange it back into uh, 
Canadian currency or you know um, some other ways. So that can be a little bit more complicated. You can go to a uh, traditional kind of Bitcoin ATM machine, kind of like what we have here in Winnipeg. There's tons of them in Vancouver. I know there are some uh, order desks in Vancouver as well, where people can go and actually do over-the-counter sales of their crypto and buy crypto as well. I'm not affiliated with anyone out there, so I, I wouldn't recommend any names or anything, but uh, it's out there. So you can It's a lot easier now than it was years ago. I'm sure. So yeah. it's evolved. So so you could go to the the Bitcoin outlet if you bring yeah, Canadian sure. dollars, they'll convert it to US and exchange it for X amount of Bitcoin. There are some exchanges that have Canadian uh, funds to right. traditional uh, cryptocurrencies as well. So it's done behind You don't screen. have to convert it to US. It's right. just that a lot of people, when they reference the value of crypto, they use the US because sure. it's a, kind of a worldwide standard. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah <laughs> kind of. But going down, I think Bitcoin's going to be that in the next little while. Well, um, you know, there's certainly a lot of people vying to be the the global currency. You know, the Chinese and especially and and the U.S. are, you know, both yeah, have that in their sights. That'll be the next phase of government tokens that are coming out now. We've been looking at that for a while, and uh, that's a scary, scary prospect. You don't want to be involved in government tokens. In what way? Oh, because they're going to go into the cryptocurrency. Well, because they will literally uh, control your life entirely. In what way? Well, all the good things about cryptocurrency will be taken away and they'll have the ability to track absolutely everything that you do, including where you are at any time of the day. I um, see. So you go from the very best that technology has to offer with uh, decentralized, um, you know, community-driven, uh, open source, which is Bitcoin and most cryptocurrencies, mm -hmm. not some, but most, to the worst sort of centralized, controlled situation that you can imagine, and that would be a government token. Right. It's okay. like it's like if they could take cash and track it. Mm -hmm. So you so you let's just say you've bought the Bitcoin, you've you've increased your investment. Mm -hmm. um, then what do you do from there to to cash in? Do you go to that same outlet and they cash it in for you? Yeah, or they can do that. Does there have you to can be do that. does there have to be buyers in the marketplace for it? Oh, there's or, lots. in order to cash it. Yeah, there does. But, but okay. you know, you can set up through traditional exchanges. Some people are familiar with doing exchanges and some people day trade and some people have already on Forex and stocks and that. So it's, right. it's not really that much different for, for crypto. Like uh, a lot of the people that I know, including myself, if we've done really well uh, with crypto, you can uh, put it through and have it credited back to your bank account. You have to, of course, be prepared to pay whatever taxes are due. But uh, right. as long as you do that, it's treated as a commodity right now in Canada. So it's uh, it's actually very favorable in terms of, uh, you know, paying your taxes is not so bad on crypto. And well, yeah. And, and I guess as long as you don't have any nefarious activities going on, then you could exactly. do that. Yeah, um, it's just that the problem right now is not so much with crypto and with the government is well aware of crypto and you can, you know, there's, uh, there, there's things that you can do to claim everything you make in crypto. The bigger problem is with the banks. The banks are very terrified of this technology right mm -hmm. now. And uh, I've had situations where they've closed bank accounts down on us just because we were dealing in cryptocurrency uh, really? for no other reason, because we didn't owe banks anything and we don't owe banks anything. But um, yeah, they, they and they even canceled my son's bank account because he had the same last name. So I oh, always really? put a word of caution out there for people dealing in cryptocurrency to make sure that you set up a special bank account 
uh, and I'm not going to recommend any banks or anything like that, but set up a special bank account that has nothing to do with your day-to-day -day banking that could affect you in a negative way if you want to go and buy cryptocurrency. Is that right? Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, because the banks are really hard on it right now. All the major banks have, are, are forcibly uh, stopping transactions into crypto right now and are canceling accounts. And uh, it's, it's officially been stated that you're not allowed to buy cryptocurrency with any Visa MasterCard uh, through any so of the major banks right now. So what's their rationale for that, Kevin? Oh, you're scared, I guess. <laughs> so, <laughs> what's so the bank's threat. rationale? I know when I uh, when they closed down our account, I tried to get to the bottom of it. I went through the ombudsman. I went uh, all the way to uh, VP in Toronto, and he basically uh, pointed me to a, a, a part of the user agreement where it said they can cancel my account without cause and without reason. And oh, he said, okay. and that's all I have to say about it. And in Canada, banks can cancel your account without cause and without reason for any Thing that they want to there's, sure. there's absolutely nothing that we can do about it that makes because, sense you know we live in a monopoly society when it comes to yeah. bank well just like it, it probably follows the same premise as calling in loans anytime they want to exactly they could just exactly. you know in times of recession yep. which we both lived through a few recessions wow. the head office in whatever city toronto or whatever will put a list out to the bank managers saying okay we want you to be particularly cautious with people in this service industry exactly sort of a hit list where they will start to tighten and squeeze the credit, perhaps pull credit, call in loans Exactly. in, in times of, let's call it economic crisis. Yeah. And that's where digital currency uh, can take you completely away from that. Because if you have Bitcoin, because we're talking primarily about Bitcoin, there are lots of places out there where you can actually put up your Bitcoin and get instantaneous loans for more favorable rates than the bank on a traditional kind of repayment program and uh you don't have to ask anybody for anything you just do it because it's your property okay. really your property not like with a bank where they you know you buy something and they give you a mortgage on it and you have a, a bad year and they take it from you uh with cryptocurrency you own that cryptocurrency and nobody can take it from you unless you give it up so the the regulations that that revolve around brand banking in that regard in Canada, do you know if it's very similar in the United States or do they have a different? No, United States is much, much further ahead uh, than we are in banking. As a matter of fact, there are several crypto banks out there right now. Kraken okay. has opened a crypto bank. They've been issued a, a license. I can't remember what state it was. So I'm not good with U.S. states, but uh, there's at least three or four now. And there's going to be a landslide of banks that are going to be accepted custody cryptocurrency because the writing's on the wall. And, and you know, because they're more uh, open-minded and, and quickly quicker moving than the Canadian banks. Canadian banks are just huge, huge companies. Like a lot of the banks in the U.S. are tiny, tiny little companies compared to Canadian banks. Yeah, the Canadian banks, well, they're they're huge. And yeah. we have chartered banks. I think there's like seven or eight of them now. Yeah. Something like that. And so they have basically a license. And then everybody else is more or less in the, in the, in the um, Community uh, credit, credit yeah. union category, right? Yeah. So they tend to be like a lot more powerful than your average bank in the United States, although there obviously are large ones in the United States. Well, and they they're protected by the government, right? They yeah. they try and play it safe all the time. Oh, which absolutely. Is, which has absolutely. served us well in the downturn in two thousand nine and stuff like that. It served us well to have strong banks. It did. But it did. But that being said, um, one of the riskiest things you could do is play it safe. Yeah, and it, it hurts people in, in this industry uh, a lot. I know a lot of people that have been hurt by it that are trying to do business in a, in a upfront, open kind of way because that's what we want. That's what we've wanted, right? From, you know, mm -hmm. since I've been involved in this from 2014, we want to have a standard bank account that we can say, hey, we're doing 
legitimate cryptocurrency stuff that's all completely legal uh why can't we have a bank account rather than you know having to skirt around the issue and set up companies in different names and things like that that pretty much everybody right. in business in cryptocurrency has to do right now so when we were talking about the, you know the 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 idea that cryptocurrency could be the currency of the future um you know or I is thought, yeah it's <laughs> it, becoming it already is <laughs> yeah and and so so I was thinking about, you know, over, over the, the millennia, how we've changed from currency to currency as we went along, right? Absolutely. You know, we had uh, exchange of goods and then we had gold and then we had, you know, I'm not that familiar with it, but something yeah. along that line. And then eventually. Oh, absolutely. Coins, and, then I mean... it, and then currency <laughs> tied to gold and then currency not tied to gold that we can just print, print and print. Yeah. So, um, so it's not, currency. it's not unprecedented that, the currency system would change every once in a while throughout Absolutely. history. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, it's the same revolution that happened with the internet. I mean, uh, you know, I was sure. involved in that one too. And yep. uh, man, I got to tell you, the conversations are very similar. When I was first trying to tell people what the internet was and how it was going to change their life and how it was going to be something that they did every day, they looked at me like I was nuts. And they would say, well, <laughs> nothing's going to replace television. And, you know, and I get the same thing now when I first started telling people yeah. about this. Like, I, you know, I tell people, buy a couple, get a couple. Like, it's not going to, it's only a few hundred dollars. Like, it's not much money. It's going to, it's going to change. This is, this is the modern money. And right. people would go, yeah, right. Nothing's going to replace the US dollar. Well, Hey, yeah. guess what? <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people there. had a hard time wrapping their heads around the concept and, they do. and, and a level of security, knowing that they're thinking there's security and having government control. Right. Yeah. So I think to me, that's what I've heard people express the most. Um, yep. Confusion, but you know, that's, it, yeah. it's not complicated. And that's, you know, part of what, why we started this CryptoNuts group is to, to, to not get people into this technophobia thing, because, you know, it's something right. I've worked throughout my career to try and teach people that aren't in the IT sector that this stuff is not that yeah. complicated. You can compare it to traditional things and you can understand it. You know, you don't have to know how a car, uh, a car's engine worked to drive a car, right? And it's the same right. thing with crypto. You don't have to know all the intricacies of blockchain technology to be able to buy and store and spend Bitcoin. Yeah. And most of us don't know the inner workings of banks either. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, nobody does. <laughs> but I can I can relate to the story about uh, explaining to people what the internet is. Uh, uh, you know, having started selling on the internet in 1994, and yeah. I, I worked for a, a travel e-commerce company, and I was going around British Columbia and talking to travel operators and explaining to them, you know, you really should be on the internet, <laughs> and they'd be like, No, no, no. We just run a travel agency. We just yeah. We oh just yeah. Sell over what the what phone. do we need that for? What do we need it for? Right. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> just a few years later, it's like, if you're not on the internet in travel, where are you? Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. You know, I went through that with, uh, even in the printing industry, when uh, the changeover sure. happened to desktop publishing, it was like, you know, people are never ready for it, but it comes whether you're ready for it or not. It's like, you know, it doesn't care about you, you know, well, so get ready. Well, I was listening to a podcast today and they were talking about how retailers are looking back now and saying, why the heck didn't I get on, on e-commerce earlier? Exactly. Exactly. Right? It's the same mistakes get made over and over and over again. So you made, but, you made a comment earlier about people buying houses in cryptocurrency mm -hmm. and investing in real estate. How does that happen? Have some realtors put in place the ability to accept Bitcoin? Is that the way it works or? 
I know there are some that are doing it through deposits. I know some of them are taking cryptocurrency on deposits, but I am not a, a real estate expert. You'd have to check right. in the individual areas. I do know, again, however, there's actually uh, crypto real estate companies in the States. Uh, really? That deal. Yeah, they list for Bitcoin. There's a pub right now in Boston that's being sold for uh, for Bitcoin, a very popular pub. It's cheers. being sold entirely. Yeah, not cheers, <laughs> but it's one of the more probably a more popular one than that one in Boston. That's uh, that's being sold for Bitcoin right now as well. That's Maybe great. That's for twenty five Bitcoin or something. I can't remember exactly how much, but yeah. so uh, I don't follow it, uh, and and obviously I only know so much about about cryptocurrency. Sure. A lot of it is what you've told me. My understanding though is that is that part of the rise that we're seeing now in cryptocurrency and Bitcoin's value. Uh, had something to do with the markets and and having Bitcoin go onto the New York exchange, et cetera. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, um, Bitcoin is a deflationary currency because there's a limited number. We're, we talked about that earlier. We're losing them. There are people are losing them. Um, there's less and less all the time, it's becoming more and more valuable. There can never be more than 21 million Bitcoin. People that say, oh, well, they'll just change it. They can't change it because if they change it, then it's not Bitcoin. It's something else. It's like Bitcoin cash, but we don't want to talk about that. But anyways, it won't change. So in other words, what you've got now is you've got something that gets more and more valuable over time. Well, if one thing that all of us know, including us, because we're old enough, is that our dollar becomes less and less valuable over time. Right. So eventually, you know, you're five bucks buys you next to nothing and your $20 bill and your $50 bill. Before you know it, you've got this tiny little bag for $100 uh, Canadian. And it, that's not going to change. It's been that way since fiat currency was invented and it's designed that way so that they can do that. It's basically like a tax on poor people. Uh, fiat currency is a tax on poor people. That's the way it's designed. So that those that can acquire it easily can acquire more through things like compound interest and derivatives and all these fancy things that our average folks just can't do. But now when you start opening up a cryptocurrency where people can get involved in it, they can do all those things that people were excluded from doing before in the traditional kind of financial word you can do on your own. I'm not saying it's easy, but I'm saying it can be done. So, so does that make it then a hedge against inflation? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. It has been and it will continue to be. I mean, that's why you see people like Elon Musk that put $1.5 into uh, Bitcoin with Tesla because they had the extra money. And then they cashed out because it was a corporate decision and they made more money cashing out their Bitcoin than they did selling cars. I mean, uh, MicroStrategy and their investment, and I think they're up to $3 billion in Bitcoin now, which they had sitting in USD. I mean, if even just 10% of the large corporate entities right now that are holding their vast uh, store of value in USD changes into Bitcoin, you're going to see it double overnight. I mean, it's mm. it's inevitable. As as more and more companies get onto this, that this is the true uh, true value, if you will. That like you have to put your value somewhere, and if you can put it somewhere where it's safe for the future, uh, for mm. especially for a corporation, it's it's critical. Right, but you have to make sure that you keep the keys and manage it properly. Yes, you take yes. responsibility. You're person. your own bank, right? You're your own bank. Absolutely. Yeah. Bernie's bank. <laughs> there you go. If there's all these accounts out there that have lost their keys, let's say, um, is there some kind of opportunity for finding those and somehow accessing them? There is are that, some is that services. A sideline people are doing. <laughs> Uh, there are some services that that offer that, and yeah. like for instance, there's some people that maybe they they had their word seed written in a, on a piece of paper and 
some of the words got damaged, but maybe they have some of the words. Oh, so okay. I think there's a scenario where if you have up to two thirds of the words, I'm not sure what the exact ratio is, but if you have a certain number of words, they can put it on a supercomputer and they can over time crack it. But you know, you got to run some supercomputer time on that. Now, if you don't have any of the words, um, it, it's not happening. And that sounds like an expensive venture, having tried to retrieve data from from broken hard drives. I know that it's an expensive, (laughs) expensive proposition. Yes, yes, exactly. And yeah, you're running a supercomputer to try and crack some codes. And unless you know how to do that yourself, someone's going to charge you quite a bit to do it. So what is the pervasiveness, I guess, of of Bitcoin in Canada and the US for people to actually use it at retail stores and and to to use it as a regular currency? Right now, Bitcoin's not going to be the one to win that race just because it's too valuable. I mean, uh, what's happened over the last little while is the price of Bitcoin has gotten so high and it's so valuable that to send it around, just if I wanted to send you a hundred bucks worth of Bitcoin, it would cost me about $25 to send it. Right. That's because the value of it's so high. So it's not really practical to go out and buy a cup of coffee or to buy, you know, uh, some small purchase. Um, There are others that are stepping up to take care of that. And Bitcoin does have some second layer technology that's coming into play over the next little while that should address that. You may have heard some of these things like the Lightning Network. Uh, Segwit actually helped with that. But there's quite a few things that are coming up that should address those problems. The problems are still there right now. There are others out there that are better suited towards that. Bitcoin Cash, which is a hard fork of Bitcoin. Um, is one that's better suited for that. It literally costs fractions of a penny to do transactions. So you could, you know, I could buy you a cup of coffee with Bitcoin Cash, or for instance, on a podcast or on a YouTube channel, you could donate through Bitcoin Cash. And you're not right. gonna, I mean, who's gonna donate 10 bucks when you gotta pay 25 bucks in fees, right? Yeah. And just for the listeners, I will accept uh, donations at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, do you want to tell us a little bit more about your group? How do, how do people get involved in the group? Uh, it sounds like it's very um, probably informational for people that want to learn more. No. Well, we have two meetings a month. Of course, now we, we have no choice. Like as of next month, we're going completely virtual on all the meetings because we can't have physical meetings here anymore. Once we can, we're going back to it. But for right now, uh, it's just through cryptonuts.com. And we also have a, a Facebook page at cryptonuts. I try and post stuff every day. And I also post some pretty good hints on stuff that I know about. Having been in the field for so long, I've got a lot of contacts and they kind of tell me stuff that's coming up. Now, I don't give any financial advice, as I mentioned, but if I see a project coming up, that's really exciting. I'll start posting about it and I'll start telling people about it just so that they can start doing their own research. Uh, that's an easy way to get involved. And uh, we also have a Discord channel as well, which is fairly active and getting more active. So we've got all that stuff for the CryptoNuts group and most everything is done through meetups. That's where you'd find the links to uh, things like the the meetups and the virtual meetups and all that sort of stuff. So through meetup.com, right? Yeah. And we do it through Zoom, just like we're doing right here. And uh, yeah, yeah. That's good. So when, when you get back to a physical location, do you think you will also maintain the, the um, virtual location? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. We're not stopping that. That was even when we had our last couple of ones, I'm just, <clears throat> I'm not as familiar with this stuff as you are. I have okay. some nice equipment, but uh, I'm not familiar with all the editing process and all that. So I've got a couple of ones that we did already. Like my wife, uh, Stacy does uh, the newbie Tuesdays, which she's learned crypto entirely on her own. And mm-hmm. uh, she created a presentation. So the, uh, you know, she tells me that to constantly quit talking so technologically, uh, and just make it simpler for people. And so her presentation 
I've got one in the can. I haven't quite put it up, but I plan on putting it up on the site so people can, you know, watch that on their own. And then we're going to be hosting them uh, live as well through the Zoom meetings. Yeah, Try and do what we can, give back a little bit, you know, it's, uh, sure. it's what we want to do. Yeah, we'll have that the first Tuesday of next month. That's cool. Yeah. So share that with me and I'll put it in the show notes for this. Sure. Yeah, that'd yeah. be great. Yeah, yeah that'd be great. So anybody who doesn't know anything about Bitcoin, but wants to know, they should go into the uh, Newbie Tuesdays. Yes. And a lot of the stuff uh, that we talked about tonight, like blockchain technology, which wallet to get all that kind of stuff, she actually covers in that she goes into some pretty heavy duty stuff that's, you know, kind of advanced as well, but she goes through all the basics too. And she does it in a simple important. way that, that the layperson can understand. Absolutely. Because she, she's not a technologist at all. She's not been involved in the technology sector. So she learned everything on her own. Great. And with CryptoNuts, you get more in depth with people that, that have been around Bitcoin and cryptocurrency for a little while. Yeah, we've got, well, we do the advanced meetup once a month um, and we do the newbie Tuesday once a month. So that the idea is that once people learn a little bit, then yeah. they can come in and start contributing. And, you know, we do picks on which coins we think are going to be the best. And it's ironic going back, like we've got seven years worth of picks now. And it's amazing. Like some of the picks were so spot on. It's, it's, it's scary, actually. There's 700 people wide, but we were meeting probably anywhere from about 15 to 35 people every month. You get 30 brains together that are looking at this stuff every day, and it's amazing what comes out of it. Some fascinating stuff. Sure. And after a little while in, a f in any field, you start to see the trends and you can sort of feel and, and project, okay, I, this is kind of what happened last time there was a change, yeah. you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, you know, I, I had that with one of the members recently told me about a, a coin that, uh, any of you that are looking at cryptocurrency right now and saw this one, it's absolutely insane. It's called Shiba. Uh, Shiba is the token, S-H-I-B. And it was based off of Dogecoin. And it's one of the, some of the original Ethereum Foundation members created this token, kind of a meme joke token, again, similar to Doge. But um, uh, one of the members told me about it. And this was only about, uh, about two weeks ago, he told me about it. And he said, Kevin, get some of this stuff. So I went ahead and I put a fair amount of money into it. I put one Ethereum, which is about $4,000 Canadian into it. And um, well, it has pumped like 800% now. So that $3,000 Canadian, when I just checked a few minutes ago was about $50,000. It's wow. like, I, I, wow. I can't even speak. I told about three or four other people about that. And you know, the, the whole joke, the reason why I, I spent as much as I did, because normally I wouldn't, to be honest with you, like, you know, I hear about these things all the time and I usually put a hundred bucks in, but I just wanted to get a billion of them, right? I want to say I had a billion of something. <laughs> <laughs> so I bought 1.57 billion of these things for one ETH, which was, like I said, around three, four thousand $4,000 Canadian. And now it's worth $50,000 Canadian. I, I, wow. I don't even so know you, what you to say. Like you 10 yeah. in how long? two weeks two weeks oh wow and it's not done it's it's huh. still going like <laughs> it's it now it's hit uh, crypto.com which is the app on your phone it's also hit finance which is one of the larger exchanges out there so it's getting, it's getting like, broader distribution now huge distribution and just it, it's crazy I, I don't know what's going on i never like if someone had asked me about the token and i did have a few people ask me about it i just said well yeah, it looks like a pretty good project the technology looks solid but i'm not really seeing it take off yeah right. well what did i know right that's what i said yeah, yeah. you know it's like uh, yeah 800 percent uh, yeah and those that i told about it that didn't buy it right now are just kicking themselves like it's i'm uh, sure yeah another another family i knew bought uh, about five billion of them now one of the guys is retiring 
And how, so how much is five billion worth? How much oh, was that in cash? Well, let's see. That's about uh, maybe nine thousand dollars. Okay, so not huge. Yeah. No, not huge. No. But still a risk. Oh well, yeah. yeah, yeah, of course. So there's a number of cryptocurrencies. What I'd like to do is maybe understand the difference or why there's so many different kinds and how they interplay, and then maybe dive Perfect. into a little bit about this recent phenomenon with Dogecoin. And Elon Musk and all that stuff. I love stuff. Doge, man. I love Doge. I got okay. And <laughs> oh, and the whole my. concept of people creating currency as a as a joke or a meme. Um, well, you got to remember, and this is kind of like I know any of the the people that I know that see me even talking about this will say, "I can't believe you're talking about Doge." And you know what? I it's it's one of those ones. It was created as a joke. The people who originally created it literally did it as a joke. They never kept any themselves. They got rid of it, and they said, "Ha ha ha! Funny, funny." and let it be. Got to remember, Doge has been around forever. It's, it's been around since I've been around in this space, and we all laughed at it. And, you know, I was when I was doing the mining, like I mentioned to you, um, well, I was mining Litecoin, which I love Litecoin. It's still super cheap, by the way. But anyways, I'm mining Litecoin to heat my grads, like I told you about. And what are they doing? They're giving me Dogecoin, right? For free. Huh. Just because it's like a promo thing through the mining site. Like, hey, mine this, I'll give you a free Doge. Ah, great, great. So they're giving me Doge and they're giving me Doge. And this is a couple, three years go by, right? And I'm mining it, getting the Doge. Oh, great. And I never even picked it up off the mining account. I just, I took my Litecoin quick as I got it and sent it to my hardware wallet. And, you know, oh, I got to hang on to that stuff. Make a long story short, about uh, a little while ago, I go and I look at this mining account. Oh my God, there was so much Doge on there. It just, it floored me. And then I checked out the price of Doge. And, you know, I think Doge is still around 60 or 70 cents Canadian. Well, when I was involved with Doge, there was about six zeros and then a one in there, right? Mm. So now right. there's like just one zero and a six in there. So, wow. like, you know, so I stopped at that point when I saw that with the mining situation, I stopped being one of those crypto guys that's been in it forever that says doge is crap blah 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 it's not going anywhere and right. i pushed a whole bunch of money into it and thank god that i did i mean you know it uh, yeah doge has been really good to me as well it's and i don't think doge is done i mean it has good technology it's fast it's got a one minute confirmation time the bonus of it is that elon musk likes it gave it to his mom for mother's day and right. uh, on on, and he's on saturday night live on snl Exactly. And you can pay for a ticket for the Lunar Express um, with SpaceX, uh, with Dogecoin as well. He's officially announced that. So, you know, wow. that's just too much traction to not take it seriously anymore. And right now it's it's down a little bit, actually. So, I mean, yeah, I heard it went down just before SNL went live on Saturday. With, yeah, uh, Elon it did. Musk. It will actually went down during his SNL uh, uh, performance. It dropped like uh, 30 points during his so, performance. So do you think that was a reflection on his acting or what? Or was it? <laughs> well, you know, hey, you know, or was I it people just you, thinking getting out while the getting's good? To be honest with you, I thought he did a fantastic job. That is super hard, man. I can't even imagine. I can't I would imagine be sweating on there. buckets. You know? yeah, especially for a guy like him that's not, uh, oh, how would I put it, not the please. smoothest talker at all times. No, and he's not a performer. I mean, no. Doge is at 58 cents Canadian right now. So, and it was up to about 85 cents Canadian uh, when I sold out my last chunk. So, right. I and I kept half of what I, originally bought so i still believe in the project so i think doge is, yeah oh yeah i try and get my original investment out as quick as i can and then just let it ride then you're playing with just found like, money just like with uh, sheep i'm just i'm playing with found money now i get my one eth investment back out and hey let it ride baby <laughs> <laughs> that's good
and what a beautiful ride. Oh yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. So Kevin, one one thought came to my mind. We're saying that you have to take responsibility for your banking and you have to be, you know, you said be careful when you talked about putting your money in, like yeah. make sure it's secure. Very important. Yeah. So how do you see that playing out with the average consumer who who can oh. barely keep track of their bank account? Yeah, I've seen already seen quite a few horror stories. That's why I made a, a sure. point of bringing it up. I think you're going to see custodial things will come out like crazy for cryptocurrency. It's already happening in the States with the banks, like I mentioned. Uh, right. you know, banks are taking custody of cryptocurrency. And Gemini offers that already in the States, mm -hmm. one of the larger uh, US exchanges. They're the Winklevoss brothers from Facebook fame that created the Gemini exchange. They have insured, like you actually can get insured crypto with Gemini. Oh. They do have cold wallet custodial service where it's taken off and put into cold storage. And there's more and more solutions that are coming out all the time, okay. but people can handle it themselves as long as they take the time. Basically, as long as you take those word seeds and you put them somewhere safe, not a photograph on your phone, please write them down yeah. analog way, like with pen and paper, fold it up, put it in a fire safe uh, safe or in a safety deposit box. Because, right. you know, people take a picture of their word seed with their phone, right? Yeah. And then someone steals their phone. Oh, there you go. Gone. Right. Instantly. Yeah. You know, there was a guy a few years ago that was new to crypto and uh, someone had sent in some Bitcoin. And so he was saying, look, there's two different kinds of wallets here. Here is my public key and here is my private key. Well, before he even finished his live interview, which was only, I think, a minute and a half, all the funds were taken out of his wallet. Wow. <laughs> so, you know, people know what this stuff is now. So, yeah. well, sure. And you got to protect advertising your passcodes somewhere. And 2FA, two-factor authentication, you have to put 2FA on every single account as soon as you set up the account, because if you don't, someone will take it probably within a week. Yeah, I like the Google Authenticator, and uh, you know, there's several others out there as well. Right. But um, yeah, that's critically important for anything where you're putting value online, critically important to make sure that you get 2FA on all accounts. When you talk about custodial services for cryptocurrency, it's, it's almost like a form of financial planner, right? You, you're giving him the command to do some purchases for mutual funds. They're possibly buying or receiving your cryptocurrency and safeguarding it. it scares me just even talking about it. I so, would never so, do that, so do but... the banks that are offering that kind of uh, service, the custodial service for cryptocurrency, do they have access to all of your transactions then too, or do they just know the codes well, to get it well, to get access? Some of them will actually do it through a multi-sig wallet. It's kind of like, uh, do you remember years ago when you had a bank account and you had to have two signatures? And if there wasn't two signatures, they wouldn't cash the check. Right. As long as they remember to look and see that there were supposed to be two signatures. <laughs> right. right. Kind of that idea. And that still well, exists. That's a multi <laughs> yeah, yeah, it still exists, but it's a multi-sig wallet, right? That's right. basically what a wallet is. So you can have, say, five people that own the wallet. Uh -huh. And you need three signatures mm -hmm. before that wallet can then spend. Right. right. Which, which is the same way you would see a lot of boards of directors operate, for instance, or that's, companies. That's how we operate. set up our beer DAO here at the, uh, at the CryptoNuts group. Okay. Tell me about the <laughs> beer. Through, well, the beer DAO, that's how we got started to, uh, well, beer was getting very expensive because I was buying, you know, I'd like to have a couple of beer here and there when I come to meetups. Of course. And so I buy a six pack. Especially, especially when you're in a 37 beer. degree server farm. Exactly. <laughs> so I'd, buy, I'd get one of my beer and the other five would be gone because everybody would just take them. And, you know, I didn't care that much. But the thing is, I want more than one beer. So I said to everyone, well, let's pitch in a bunch of cash. We'll buy a whole bunch of beer and then we'll pay for it with crypto. Okay. 
great idea. Let's do that. So the boys, there's four of us that started this out. We each bought a big 60 pack of beer and we loaded it into the fridge and we put a QR code right on the front of the fridge. And now you pay three and a half bucks every time you want a beer. Fantastic. So we started doing this. Well, Bitcoin was worth 300 bucks when we did this. Right. And we were paying two and a half, three and a half bucks for a beer. Those transactions now, um, they're now worth some of them hundred dollars, 150 $200. Wow. Yeah, it's uh, it's been kind of amazing. So your beer fund has become a four-figure four beer fund. Well, the beer fund exploded to such a, a point that we actually used those funds to create the NUTS token. And uh, I created the NUTS token, which is N-U-T-Z, uh, to teach people about cryptocurrency. It's not a token to make money with. Uh, eventually, right. it's going to do a lot more. But that's what we use those funds for. And, and also, we kept some so we can keep doing the meetups and all that kind of stuff. So it's kind of your monopoly money. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> and we can buy lots of beer. Like <laughs> we have unlimited beer now. <laughs> cool. Are there any are there any strategies that you you would like to to tell people about or anybody yeah, who's yeah. looking at getting I treat it on two different levels. People that are new to crypto and people yeah. that you know have some crypto but they aren't experts. They aren't uh crypto mining or anything like that yeah and and there is an important way to get into crypto now especially with the uh bull market that we're in right now i think it's really important to leverage yourself in that you decide how much you want to invest as a total and i'll just use simple numbers so that we can figure it out let's say you want twelve thousand dollars of what you have your value invested into crypto over the next year well you could take a chance and you could go take your 12 grand go and buy it today and yes maybe it will triple next week and you'll you'll be a happy guy, but more than likely it'll drop. And so when you try and buy it at the lowest or sell at the highest, inevitably you never will. It, it's pretty much impossible to do. Right. And that's traditional investing as well, not just cryptocurrency. Right. So much better ways to do cost average investing. Everybody that's bought any kind of shares or stocks or things like that will understand that you're better off to buy incremental purchases over a longer period of time, then your cost average price in will always be lower. So if you were to then instead buy $1,000 worth of Bitcoin or whatever your crypto that you choose per month, Right. over the course of the year. So at the end of the year, you have $12,000. Um, we did it up on a spreadsheet and we tested this model going back right from when Bitcoin was first created. And then we tested it from when Bitcoin crashed. 80% of the value in cryptocurrency went down. It went down to just 20% of its value. So we also took the model and then we, we progressed it away from there. What ended up happening, if you bought it when crypto was absolute highest, which is like if you bought it right now, Mm -hmm. um, within 18 months, you were already back into profit by doing cost average investing. If you just bought it when it was at its highest, it took much, much longer. It took three to four years to finally get back to, to an mm -hmm. even point. So cost average investing with cryptocurrency is the best way to go. Uh, whatever you're comfortable with every month, just buy it and forget about it. You can almost, I know it sounds weird, but you can almost forget what you buy it for because you get focused on acquiring Satoshis or SATs. So that's where you hear the terminology, stacking SATs stacking satoshis right mm -hmm. and that's what people try and do so you don't look at the value that you paid you look at how many satoshis you have or how many bitcoins you have if you can luckily get enough to get one bitcoin mm -hmm. and you just keep doing that every month you just buy a little bit every month i mean my wife she went around to our machines around town and tested them she would buy 20 bucks 40 bucks here and there and over the course of a year that became forty thousand dollars wow i mean just buying hundred bucks at the most at a time. She didn't, not one of her purchases was over a hundred dollars. 
Hmm. So, you know, she did a similar kind of thing with her little nephews there. One is four and one is five years old. So for a present, she would, instead of spending 20 bucks on a, some toy that they're going to break in 10 minutes, she would put 20 bucks worth of Bitcoin in. Uh, 30 bucks worth of Bitcoin in for Christmas kind of thing. And uh, mm -hmm. I think we just checked it even before the pump year. We just checked it. One of them had like $2,500 in their account. And the other one had like $1,800 in their account. Nice. Now these guys are four and five years old. What's that going to be worth by the time they're ready for university? Right. You know, because we're not going to spend it. It's going to be there for them. Sure. And if we just keep doing that, putting these little increments, not even a lot, like even Dogecoin on our machines, you can buy as little as five bucks worth of Doge, wow. which is not a lot of money for anybody i mean you could not buy a coffee at starbucks and go buy five bucks worth of doge right mm -hmm. and before you know it in a short time or maybe a long time it's going to be a lot more valuable mm -hmm. so dollar cost averaging small amounts whatever you're comfortable with over a longer period of time is the best way to get involved that's a great strategy why is cryptocurrency good for the planet well i mean it's, it's a difficult one to say. I mean, you will hear people saying that there is a huge cost of resources to mine Bitcoin. That's where the, uh, the environmentalists are getting all over Bitcoin. But you know what? It's really a short-sighted way of thinking about things because there's several who have done studies, and I'm not one of them, so I can't give you exact statistics, but um, I'm aware of them. And what they have done is they've started calculating how much resources have gone into mining gold. Huge water blasting of entire mountains. Mm -hmm. And huge amounts of carbon footprints with these enormous devices that go underground. I mean, you know what? Bitcoin could mine probably for 100 years and it wouldn't even get close to what they've already expended in gold. Digital is generally more efficient. Uh, yes, eventually they can go to a different way of mining, so it won't take as much energy. And several of the coins are Ethereum. Uh, which is the number two cryptocurrency out there right now is as of this year, probably by July or August going to a proof of stake model instead of a proof of work. Proof of work means you have a device running that actually works and creates these blocks that we talked about. Mm -hmm. Proof of stake is more like a savings account that pays you a dividend and they use your liquidity that you've put into that to verify transactions, but it uses absolutely no energy. Mm. So, People are addressing this. It is uh, happening. For Bitcoin, uh, it's just too big right now to even think about that kind of thing because the growth factor right now, they can't change a thing. They've just got to maintain and keep it working and doing what it's doing. Whereas Ethereum, as of uh, this year, will go completely proof of stake and they are number two. So this will either make mm -hmm. Ethereum explode or implode. <laughs> there will be no <laughs> in-between. It will explode or implode. So you were going to talk about the different the different types of currencies. We talked about Dogecoin a little bit. Yep. I don't know if you got any further things to say about Dogecoin, Elon Musk, all that stuff. Well, and, Dogecoin and then get into uh, some of the other cryptocurrencies. It's still just a fun coin. Most of the people, most of the experts in the field are not thinking that it's got long-term legs. But as with anything, popularity generally carries the day. So if it continues to be popular, uh, Mark Cuban now is accepting it for uh the basketball team, not being a sports guy, I don't know the name of his, but, uh, yeah. um, you know, he's accepting it at the store for, uh, for purchases now. And if Coinbase starts accepting Dogecoin, Coinbase being the largest exchange in the U.S., who just recently had a public offering that was very successful, you're going to see Doge 
jump a lot again. That's why even when Doge hit 85 cents, I did sell off half of my Doge just because, you know, if you don't sell at some point, what are you doing this for, right? right. I still kept a sizable investment, so I'm still very bullish on it for the long term. I paid quite a bit for it at, at one point too, but um, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's worked out over, overall. And uh, I think as a long-term hold, it's okay. But the people that are trying to get in now, buy when it's high and try and play that game where you sell it and then try and buy it back where it goes low. I got to be honest with you. I know a lot of people who have made crazy money in this industry and I'm not one of them, but those people that made all that money, they held on for a very, very, very long time. Those people that try and chase it, try and sell it and then buy it back at a lower rate and then sell it and buy it back at a lower rate. They always end up with quite a bit of cash and quite a bit of USD or fiat currency, but they always never have as much of the token. And I'm in that class myself because you got to think, let's say, for instance, you buy Bitcoin, you buy it at a thousand bucks. What's your goal? Okay. Well, it goes to 2000 bucks. Well, I don't need that money. I, I can wait. It goes to 5,000 bucks. Well, I can still wait 5,000 bucks. No problem. Right. I can wait. Now it goes to 10,000 bucks. And at the same time, it goes 10,000 bucks. The engine drops out of your car. Ah, I only paid 300 bucks, 1,000 bucks for it. I might as well get my car fixed. So you cash some out. You still got a lot of Bitcoin. You're still happy. Now it goes to 70,000 bucks of Bitcoin. Well, now you've got less, but you still got a ton of money. So now you cash out for something else. And before you know it, it just keeps chopping away at it. And yes, you end up with more fiat, but now good luck trying to buy back that Bitcoin. It'll never, ever happen. Like all that mined Bitcoin that I had, well, good luck trying to get that back. Hmm. It's like, you know, you only never buy that back at 70,000 of Bitcoin. Good luck. <laughs> right? Yeah, for sure. So you won't buy you too know, many. It's, a, it's the nature <laughs> of people. cryptocurrency is that if you cannot hang on to it, you will never really make a lot of money with it. You'll, you'll end up selling it out. You may make some profit uh, and you may do okay. And this is one of the things where I do advise, especially younger people. And, you know, we kind of forget some of this kind of stuff. But one of the things I do advise younger people is when they do make a lot of money in this space and there is an opportunity to change your life, like dramatically by doing and selling some of your crypto, oftentimes that's your best move. Like if you have a big mortgage and mm -hmm. you're paying monthly and, you know, you're sweating it, maybe your significant other is paying into this mortgage and you, you know, you're struggling to get by every month and you've got this huge crypto investment that could change your life forever. Well, that's a worthwhile thing. Yeah, yeah. it may keep going up, but the thing is your life changes right now. And now you can go forward. You can now put your three grand a month that you were paying on a mortgage into whatever investment you want, whether it's back into crypto or, you know, other property or whatever you want to do. But now you've got a life-changing event. Uh, that's where it's worthwhile to sell crypto. So do something meaningful with it. Exactly. Don't go and buy a new bike. <laughs> right? Unless it's a Suzuki or Harley. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I bought um, one of those. That's not worth it either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so Kevin, there's all these, I'm looking at the, the index here and there, and there's, uh, what is this one? World of coin index. Uh, coin market cap would be the right one that I'd recommend that you go to start all your searches at coinmarketcap.com. Okay. And uh, that's probably the most recognized one in the industry. And uh, it will then give you links to each and every coin that you can do further research from. Okay. And you can sort it by many different indicators, uh, market capitalization, volume, you know, an unlimited number of uh, variations and uh, coin market cap is a great place to start. So looking at this, there's, oh, I don't know. It looks like, God, there must be almost a hundred thousands. There's yeah. thousands. So all these people have started cryptocurrencies and they're all being indexed here. How does one 
sift through this and and decide that one is feasible or one is not going to go anywhere? Is it just looking at the at the index over time and the track record, or well, what factor what factors could people look at to assess the validity or the um, the risk of going into any of these cryptocurrencies? I do have sort of a simple philosophy that I like to share on that one with people is that it gets very complex. Unless you're a technology person and you want to really dive into blockchain and the protocols and everything, it sometimes gets to be too much for a lot of people. So what I always advise people that are getting into this space is first learn about Bitcoin. Read the right. Bitcoin white paper. It's available. You won't get through it, especially if you're not involved with technology. But try and try and read it and you know maybe you'll take something from it because everything starts from that now once you've done that and then you sort of start applying your life experience let's say for instance you're a contractor and you know what it takes to get you know things on a job site go and look at the blockchain technology relating to that or if you're a dentist or if you're a doctor or if you're a lawyer or whatever go look at the blockchain technology that is addressing your industry Oh, because okay. now what you can do is you can look at it objectively in a way that I can't, like I'm a technology guy. So if I look at something on order fulfillment for a construction site, I might look at that and say, my God, that's the best thing ever. I'm going to buy that token. But you being an expert in that field may look and go, that'll never work. And you know, it's not going to be a good, a good investment. Right. So if you look in your field and something that you're familiar with and you're comfortable with that you have unique knowledge about, and then you look at the relating blockchain technology to that industry, and that could even apply to your industry, uh, Bernie, because there's tons. And uh, in, in your industry right now, um, blockchains like Steemit have been very successful. And there's several others that uh, are social media blockchains. And uh, I mean, that's definitely the way of the future as well. But anyways, you take your unique life experience and you apply it to blockchain technology, and then you research the tokens that are involved in that and when you find that winner you put a few bucks in there cool yes because then then you understand the business model for that currency exactly you start out with bitcoin you learn a little bit about blockchain don't have to know a lot don't have to know it like a technology person just have to know why it works how it works right then look at blockchain related to your unique knowledge and things that you've been involved in in your life yeah, and I think that makes sense because um, you know you want to invest in something that you you understand what exactly. you're doing or what the business model is for sure. So you built this crypto empire, let's say, in in the, in the <laughs> Winnipeg market. Can you tell us a little bit about what you have going with crypto as far as your presence, and then where you see it going? Where's Kevin taking it? Great. Yeah, I, I would like to tell you a little bit about that because I've got some lofty plans for the CryptoNuts and the CryptoNuts group. Our members are pretty good, solid people, and we'd like to create an infrastructure for them so they can get involved in some of these tokens in a much, much easier way and also in a much less expensive way. Like uh, we've been beta testing a little project with a number of the members for a few years now, and it's worked out quite well, whereby people can just put a few hundred bucks in here and there. And we have an AI that kind of manages it and does very low risk kind of crypto investments and nothing fancy, believe me, we're not trying to reinvent the wheel here, but it basically overall increases the liquidity of everybody involved in the project. So that's one of the things that we're doing. We're hoping to have a marketplace up and running within the next six months or so, where we'll have some uh, fun NFTs. Um, and what an NFT is, is uh, that's one of the presentations I did. The last presentation I did for CryptoNuts was on NFTs and how they're changing, not only the collectible industry, but 
everybody's lives really. And so we're going to have that, have an NFT marketplace there. Uh, NFTs for those people that don't know what they are, are non-fungible tokens. It just means it's a one of one. It's a one off, but it's recorded on the blockchain. So it's immutable. It can never be changed. And it's a perfect way to prove provenance for anything from art to trading cards to unique pieces of artwork. Like for instance, um, you know, you can do things like trading cards and stuff like that under NFT. So we want to have a nice little NFT marketplace um, and continue with the education part of it. I mean, for, for us, that's primarily what CryptoNuts is about is teaching people how to do this stuff in a safe way where they don't have to lose their Bitcoins or their ETH or whatever to, to learn about this stuff, you know? Awesome. And so how do you keep busy with crypto now? You, you have a crypto mining going on. You have some retail <laughs> stuff going on. Can you explain to me yeah, sort of the lay of, of stuff, the land yeah. where, you're, where you're at with that now? So for me personally, I'm involved in a number of things, but we're the largest Bitcoin ATM operator here in Winnipeg. Um, even though all the, the big supernationals are coming in and kind of beating up on me, but the way I put it to them, hey, I'm an old guy with an electric car. You really think you can compete with me? Like, come on. Now. <laughs> All I could, I got to do is drive around to my machines and, you know, I can, I can take life pretty easy and, and compete with these big guys. Cause you know, as well as I do, once you start scaling, it gets very expensive. So I'm involved in the BTM network. We also have the nuts token version two is coming out. That's the one that's going to implement those things that I mentioned about the easy investing into uh, limited cryptos, also NFT network and being able to actually do crypto purchases online for Bitcoin, ETH, Litecoin, Dogecoin, all that kind of stuff. And then I'm also involved in the mining sector. There's a very interesting play here in Manitoba that's happening that I can't talk too much about, but I can start talking about it just a little bit now. Um, we've got this thing worked out uh, about the heating. And um, I'm working with a company who has uh, full CSA approval on um, heating systems for both commercial and uh, residential. We're looking at doing a kickstart for a residential package. Hopefully uh, this fall coming up, we'll be doing a, a nice little kickstart on a home-based unit that is totally silent to run, that can have CSA approval that you can replace furnaces with, uh, mm -hmm. so that basically you can go ahead and you can uh, make money with your furnace. What a concept, eh? Wow, that's so that's amazing. another project uh, that I'm working with. And I actually own the domain bitcoinfurnace.com. So that's ah. there's nothing up there right now, but that will be coming up in the near future so yeah awesome. of course i don't work that much so you know i gotta have a little bit of time for <laughs> taking it easy <laughs> that's yeah. great good yeah. thanks for explaining that it's awesome yeah you bet why don't we wrap it up with that back to uh to crypto nuts what should people expect to learn there at our meetups we try and learn about the very basics about cryptocurrency and just how you do it how you acquire it what a wallet you need if you want to do some mining or if you want to do some staking because we haven't really had chance to talk about that but once you own certain tokens you can put them into kind of like a bank account and you yep. get paid a dividend for just having them there it's not a bank account that's a nasty word in crypto but you put it into your own little account and uh, you get paid a commission for having it in there and that's staking so you know you learn about all those kind of things uh in terms of the actual meetups when we have our more advanced meetups you know, we get people like one of my associates that got me involved in this has been involved since 2011. I mean, and uh, he's the guy who got me onto this uh, Shiba coin. And there's some really, really smart people involved in the group overall. And you get access to a lot more stuff than appears 
you know, we, we don't really advertise that much. And we don't really talk about it that much, but mm-hmm. you've got a wealth of information and everybody's really good about sharing and telling people how sure. to do stuff. And if you get stuck on what to go, where to go and all that. And I guess the biggest thing and the reason why I did it is that you have a reliable source of information because there are so many scammers out there, man. I mean, most of our meetups, we start out by telling people how to avoid scams because whenever you hear it's too good to be true, it always is. And I mean, you know this, Bernie, as well as I do, Mm -hmm. but, you know, people tell such a good story that they sucker people in. And so we try and stop that from happening. And we try and get people at least enough base knowledge so that they can make educated decisions. And, you know, my number one thing, if I was to leave everybody with something super important is don't believe what you see on YouTube because a lot of times they have agendas. They bought a whole bag of these tokens and they're trying to get them up so they can get rid of them. And sure enough, they'll get rid of them just when you buy them. So Mm -hmm. don't do that. Make your own decisions, become your own expert. Sounds good. On that note, why why don't we wrap it up? Kevin, thanks so much for taking the time. It's good to reconnect reconnect and learn more about cryptocurrency. Yeah. uh, Get by for a beer when you're in Winnipeg. May, may the index go up for you consistently. Oh, yes. Shiba, <laughs> go, baby. <laughs> okay, man. Okay, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Kevin. Over and out. Bye-bye. And that concludes this Bernie Chats. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe, like, share, and feel free to comment. Thank you for supporting the channel. I look forward to seeing you on the next Bernie Chats.